0: Hello and Welcome to our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Afficionados Podcast Network. My name is Jarman Jeffrey. I'm a 27 year old actor and artist. I like brooding anti heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She's a 32 year old artist and writer. She likes baddest moms and long naps. She's on Twitter at Britannia, where she can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about her cat. Welcome to the second installment of our Season 3 spoiler Sections. This is a series in four parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you're not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things that you've heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it if you want, though. I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up who've been skipping the spoiler Sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience, so you don't have to go searching for them. You're welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. So let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 308, Flashes Before Your Eyes, featuring Claire. In a a a spoiler. Spoiler. Spoiler.
1: Spoiler. Spoiler.
0: spoiler time! So first of all, um, the couple of episode... Fun fact that I was talking about earlier, it's the second of five episodes in which both Matt and Evie don't appear. The others are The Other 48 Days, um, Meet Kevin Johnson in season four, Jughead in season five, and Dead is Dead, which I think is all, I'm pretty sure is also in season five. Also, the flashback in this episode is the second longest running flashback in the series. Meet Kevin Johnson is longer, only by seconds. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. I'm gonna go into some of my uh, spoiler notes that I picked up, and then once I'm done all of those, I want to hear Claire's thoughts on on what was it called? It started with a C. Tell me. Oh, um, compatibilism. Compatibilism. Yes. Uh, okay. So first of all, um, Desmond does CPR to Claire in season four. Jack does CPR to Desmond because he's like drowning a little. So there's that. Um, and also Charlie. Try died trying to save Claire apparently, but Charlie's a really strong swimmer and that's like an important plot point at the end of this season. So I guess like, I don't know, the undercurrent just got him as well. I mean, once something. a riptide comes for you, it doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are. Yeah. Widmore <laughs> won't give Desmond the whiskey because he's like not good enough or whatever, which is why it's such a big deal in the flash sideways when Desmond, who hasn't even met Penny, is Widmore's right hand man, and Widmore, like without even asking, offers him the w- the whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's why it's such a huge deal in the um in the Flash sideways when he does it. Yeah, Charlie uh, and Desmond's run in in uh, like outside of Widmore's office. Charlie later remembers something that happens right after this in uh, in Greatest Hits, and Desmond isn't weird. So, therefore, that's how we know that, like, this didn't actually happen later. The artwork done by Jack Bender in Widmore's office, you're like, oh, it's just a coincidence that Widmore has all of this, like, big island imagery on his, uh, like, in his, um, in his office, but I think it's partially because Widmore spent a bunch of time on the island, and maybe he commissioned that. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Okay, Desmond and Charlie and Wonderwall. So, they chose Wonderwall. Wonderwall because maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. So yes. this, is, this is eight years later, Desmond is constantly saving Charlie and you're like, oh my God, I totally get it, I love it. But then ultimately at the end of season three, Charlie, by dying himself, by drowning after talking to Penny and giving him not Penny's boat and everything, the reason why Desmond doesn't also die at that moment is because Charlie closes the door. So ultimately, even though Desmond saved Charlie a whole bunch of times, Charlie saves Desmond li- yes. life as his, as one of his last acts as an alive person. hmm whoa, and also Desmond and Charlie, because of this, is maybe my crack ship of Lost.
1: Oh, you'll get to see my crack ship of Lost when we do our PowerPoints on Monday, and that's all I'm going to tell you.
0: Oh <laughs> I'm <my> excited. <laughs> anyway, th- that's partially why Wonderwall is my is one of my favorite songs. Um, I cry a lot of the times when I hear it, and it's also in, like, every playlist I ever make, it's even crazy. if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it also, if she walks into any store... It'll just start playing? It's really weird. And I've witnessed this like a more than zero amount of time. She's
1: just manifesting it into the universe. Yeah. She honest to God
0: does. <laughs> it... So when it starts to rain after he's talking to Charlie and everything, what happens next in Charlie's timeline um, when Desmond doesn't accost him is that it starts to rain and he runs by an alley and sees Nadia and, and saves her from the mugger and he, and she calls him a hero. And that's like one of the best moments of his entire life. It's on his greatest hits list. And so I love the idea of Desmond like mate, having this huge like internal battle of like a great man versus a good man and like just walking by Charlie and then Charlie immediately being called like both a great man and a good man
2: mm-hmm. like
0: immediately after, which I think is really cool because he always like thought of himself. He's told so many times that he can't do anything. He won't take care of anybody. hmm. Uh, Desmond has Donovan who's like a physicist friend and Desmond then ends up with another physicist friend named Daniel Faraday who saves him in the constant and maybe that's actually that can be my other um crack ship on Lost I don't know why they all include Desmond don't ask me (laughs) (laughs) he's handsome it works also (laughs) Faraday's like Desmond Hume would be my constant so like is it really that far I know that's so soft and gay (laughs) like is it that far off Yeah. yeah in the flash sideways daniel's wearing a fedora so like you know, oh my god. i don't know um but i'm like hey maybe daniel could have helped you um instead
1: of donovan and i bet he would have actually believed you and helped you that's i actually had that thought i was i was like oh my god donovan is like the poor first draft of faraday
0: right and then we also see faraday's mom for the first time this episode right right Anyways. exactly yeah I really liked the moment where Desmond is talking to Penny and asking like why she loves him and everything. And he just kind of like gets like this glassy look in his eye and she says like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm right here. I really like the idea of like her talking about him not being inside his own mind Mm -hmm. because that's very the constant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So much of this episode
0: in the constant, they just follow right one after the other.
1: I feel like we need to have a whole separate conversation about the things in this episode that like foreshadow or predict or are like the part one of the stuff that happens between them in that episode. Because I totally agree.
0: Mhm. So then we see Eloise, we're still not exactly sure how she's here. Like I think this is this is all in Desmond's mind. Did Jacob send her? Was she originally the person who almost sold it? I don't think so. Like this seems like stuff only Jacob would really know. I know that like Eloise later um, she is willing because she is like the the temporal policeman who makes sure who makes sure that the people who are supposed to be on the island get on the island. And she does she takes that job so seriously that she sends Dan to the island even though she knows that she's going to be the one who kills him. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense that she would do this for Desmond, but like she's saying things that it feels like only Jacob would know. So so I'm
1: yeah I'm not, still not exactly sure why it's Eloise. But, yeah. Yeah. I guess I part of it, too, is, like... I mean, I guess this is a place where I was sort of torn on kind of an existential level where, like, part of me was, like, the thing that makes the most logical sense in this moment is that Desmond is unconscious and the island is sort of speaking to him through these flashbacks and, you know, and whatever. Right. Which we've seen before. It does it to Locke all the time. But... But... Right. Right. But also... But then part of me was, like, but if he hasn't... In in some quote unquote real way, gone back to genuinely, meaningfully revisit these moments in his past. Then why is it so important to Eloise that he make the same choices? Yeah, like why does he have like if he's already on the island, why does he have to go to the island? Mm-hmm. If if he's just going to wake up from a concussion and be on the island, why does it matter to Eloise that he actively chooses? to sort of repeat, like, like part of me feels like it's gotta be, it's gotta be just real to some extent in that he's actually traveled in time somehow, because otherwise, like, why would, why would she have to kind of elbow her way in to keep the plot on the train tracks and make yeah. him do the things that he has to do if there weren't going to be terrible, terrible consequences to him and to everybody else, if he made a different choice. And part of me feels like if, If it's all in his mind, if there's no real world consequences to the things he's making, because it's just like a very intense kind of hallucination, or it's telling him to do something in the future, when you get back to the island, do X. Oh, okay. And then I wake up and I go do X. But that's not what it is. It's like in, Mm. in the past eight years ago, you have to do these same things or you won't end up on the island. Which must mean the question of him ending up on the island or not is somehow in doubt or would be affected by it. So that's part of why I was like, I couldn't get clear on is this like, is this a hallucination? Is this genuine time travel? Or is it, it feels structurally much more like the flash sideways. Mm hmm than a flashback it's like it's like an alternate version of desmond colliding with with the other version of desmond and and the way that like everyone's lives are sort of intersecting
0: Mm -hmm. i if i were to make sense of this i think like we know that this whole thing like turning the key was the catalyst of getting like unstuck in time which frucked him up for Mm. the constant right and the thing that with the constant that we see with George Minkowski, may he rest in peace, mm-hmm. is that if you get unstuck in time for too long or too, like, too much then your brain basically, like, explodes and you straight up die. Yeah. And so I wonder if, like, this is partially, like, him getting unstuck in time so that he can figure out a way to stick himself back in time afterwards, later.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he wouldn't need the constant if he wasn't stuck. Like, that's the stakes.
0: Yeah, the stakes are if you're... If he doesn't do the same thing and get himself back out of this thing like he's just unconscious in the jungle i guess Uh and eloise is like you have to do this you have to do this because because this is the stake the stakes that you're talking about because they're you're right he's just in the jungle like he's just gonna wake up either way if he does it or not i wonder if it's like if you don't do this then what happens in the constant
1: to George Minkowski and almost Desmond is expedited and he straight up just doesn't wake up. I like that. That makes sense to me because it also it also explains why the two people who attempt to explain to him how to fix this are the mother and son, which I, mm. I like the symmetry of that. Right. And, but oh, also that, that Faraday explains it in a way that makes more sense to him. Like yes. Far- Faraday is like the way out of it. Like, so, so Eloise is like, the way you fix this is to just, walk in the same footsteps of the person you were before and just do all the same things. But that doesn't take into account the fact that he's changed emotionally. Yes. And, and Faraday is like, no, the thing that you need is an emotional thing. The thing that you need is something that has deep emotional importance to you in both places. And that, scientifically and mathematically, but also emotionally will be like merging those things together is a piece that will save you. And so it makes sense that like his understanding of how, like, like if we're, if we're assuming that this version of Eloise is like a manifestation of the island and not Eloise a person. I think so. She is sort of speaking in island language. She's coming at it from a very like man of faith, very kind of mystical island mythology sort of way of solving problems and right. Faraday oh. is a physicist.
0: Yes, and-, and also, okay, so first of all, it totally makes sense that this that this would be Daniel and and Eloise, because Eloise is always so methodical and, like, robotic about that sort of thing, and Daniel's the one who always like, has those, like, feelings, you know? Like, when he first sees, like, we get in the the 402 flashbacks to the science team, he's, like, crying looking at the TV, seeing that the crash happened, and he doesn't even know why, because he's having memory issues, but also Eloise, it makes sense that the island would choose Eloise, because the flashback that we see in season 5 of Eloise's telling Daniel to go to the island. At this point in the canon, Naomi is about to crash on the island, like, Eloise has already done that she's already told Daniel to mm-hmm. go to the island the freighter is already on its way so it mm-hmm. makes sense that the mm-hmm. island would choose Eloise as that because she's already doing that job somewhere else
1: yes yes that makes a lot of sense I also just realized I was looking back at my at my notes and I just realized one of the things I was going to say about David Heumann didn't that fits into this so perfectly mm-hmm. is that he was also what was called a sentimentalist and that basically mm-hmm. meant oh you wow. put put him kind of at odds with the sort of, quote unquote, like rationalist philosophers of his time, which is that he believed that that ethics, that that who we are as people is primarily shaped not by like abstract moral principles, but by our emotions. Right. Like that's what drives us as people. It's not these kind of like exterior things, but like our own emotions and sentiment. And so that makes sense why the, the way it actually ends up working when he gets himself unstuck from time is that, Faraday's solution is something that is both scientific and deeply deeply centered on emotion yeah so so talk to me about charlie and penny now okay so so this is so the super exciting thing that i wanted to talk about sort of circling back to the stuff about about compatibilism about free will and destiny being sort of you know able to exist hand in hand is that so like the first example that i that that made me think of when i was reading that was was charlie dying over and over again and the thing i think is so so it's like like Charlie is both destined to die, right? Like that's like, that's what the, that's what the fates are telling us. That's what Desmond yeah. keeps seeing visions of. But also he ends up, and I didn't rewatch the episode, but I was like rereading synopsis of it. He ends up choosing his own death. Like he ends up having, mm-hmm. oh, he does for sure. Like like an, in multiple layers, he ends up having so much agency in how his own death comes out both because like he figures out from how Desmond is acting that this mission is a suicide mission and he chooses to go anyway. And then when Desmond tries to save him at the last minute, doesn't he like conk him over the head with an oar? And then he goes into the boat. He does. Yeah. So like he, so like, so Charlie basically being like, like you don't have to keep doing this anymore. Like we have, we have kicked the can down the road as far as it will go. Like it ends here whatever's going to happen is going to happen you know i am accepting it um and then and then like you were saying like that the way in which he chooses to do it the way in which like his death finally comes for him he makes the you know again the great man and good man choice yep. to die saving saving desmond and also saving everybody else by being the only person who can transmit the really important piece of information that they Mm -hmm. have to have and closing the door. So Desmond also doesn't drown, you know? And so everything about how it is possible for, for Desmond to be reunited with Penny, which is also then how everyone else is saved because it's Penny, like Penny comes for them because she got Charlie's message. It's like all of the things that happen that bring the oceanic six back that cause all of the good things to happen that caused them to be able to re-enter the world happen because of Charlie in this moment where he is both meeting his destiny. That was sort of foreshadowed, you know, from the first, from this episode where Desmond first tells him like, you know, rip you eventually. We just don't know when or how. Right. So that kind of, you know, sets this thing in motion where now we're trying to figure out, okay, is it going to be this episode? Is this when he's going to die? Is this how it's going to happen? Is this how it's gonna happen and that the way it finally happens is charlie just accepting it and charlie consciously and freely multiple times in in that same you know on that same mission making choice after choice after choice where he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna accept it i'm letting it come like i'm going Mm -hmm. to I'm gonna let myself be sacrificed for the greater good, not just because, you know, because in that moment he realizes like I have to warn Desmond that this isn't Penny's boat, but also yes. because he wants to free Desmond from this torture yeah. of watching him die over and over again. And so so it's so like that's the Charlie that I love. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the yes. that's the deep pure beautiful kind of soul of like Charlie at his best.
0: Yeah. Like Charlie, Charlie makes a lot of bad decisions, especially in season two, but he makes up for it for like the huge difference that he makes in season three. He's a better person in season three Mm -hmm. and, and the choices that he makes in his final season really bring him full circle and make, and still makes me like, like him overall. And that's exactly how I feel about Jack because season six, Jack and, and finale Jack completely,
1: Retcons any bad feelings I yeah. ever had towards Jack. I love him in the finale, and I and I love that he gets closure with his father. Like I, yeah. I, it, it's something that you kind of think that you don't give a shit about in the early seasons because it's just like, oh my god, white boy daddy is just blah 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 least yeah. interesting story, and then yeah, you get there, and then you're like, no, actually, it feels really right that this is kind of how we enter into the emotional closure of this story. Like this actually now feels like, like it had to happen and I emotionally needed it to happen as much as Jack did. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Charlie, so, so I was thinking a lot about just like Charlie's, Charlie's destined death and also his acceptance of his death and those things both being simultaneously true. And then with Penny, I, you know, I, I was thinking, and I, and I also do want to, I want to just lift the lid and let us just sound off on the constant because of how amazing Mm -hmm. it is. And I'm sure Brittany will have thoughts, but I, what I was thinking about specifically with her is both that they are destined to be reunited. He's, he knows he's going to call eight years from now. But mm-hmm. she chooses to answer the phone. She right. chooses that in eight years, she never changed her phone number. Mm-hmm. She chooses that, like, she's home. on like Like, despite how banana pants crazy that conversation was where he's like, I won't see you for eight years and I'll call on Christmas. And she's like, what? Yeah, and it's Christmas. What? And, like, we don't see
0: anybody right. else there. Presumably she's just, like... At her right. house, alone on Christmas, she, evening, she's waiting for this
1: phone call. Right, and she has that gorgeous tree, so she's a person who celebrates Christmas. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, but she but she was home waiting by the phone on that night in case he called, which means that like like and that and that the phone rang and she picked it up, and so it's like you know, it's like both that their love is this thing that is so kind of like larger than life, and and dramatic and and that it's their destiny and the sort of like star-crossed lovers thing and also that every day for eight years she made the choice that that it was like that it stayed real to her you know and and that she didn't forget and that she didn't and and then it was the obvious cheap soap opera thing would be like he calls but she's married and the kid answers the phone or something something dumb and hacky like that but it's like you can just say jurassic park (laughs) three Uh, but they're going to be reunited in in the new Jurassic World, so I haven't given up hope yet. Thank you. But uh, but yeah, so I so I think for her, it's it's both that there is something that feels kind of grand and cosmic and destined in the love of these two people, and all of the huge impacts that their love has on the plot on the other characters you know Penny's love for Desmond is how the Oceanic Six gets home and Mm -hmm. Charles Desmond or Charles Widmore ends up being a major plot driver in so many of the things we've seen yet that we don't even know he has his hand. like all that stuff is true and also like you know the the sort of the ordinary day to day choices that you have to make to continue to love somebody who isn't there like you know like it's it's so it's both destiny and choice for her she chooses to go looking for Desmond. She chooses not to give up on him and she chooses it every day over mm-hmm. and over again. She chooses to use her resources as this like bajillionaire heiress to find Desmond because even though things ended between them so badly like he's still as important to her as she is to him and so I just so I love that kind of that sort of symmetry of like you know he's he's thinking about her he's waiting for her he's trying to find a way back to her and how we're introduced to Desmond we feel a kind of one-sidedness about that you know yeah because and I and because she's because she's the Penelope you know because she's she's named after this incredible Sort of passive character, you know, from the Odyssey who primarily exists in the narrative to be the thing Odysseus is sailing home to. You know, like, like she, like, there's a few scenes where it's like cut back to the house in Greece where Penelope is being beset by suitors and Mm -hmm. she's like weaving some shit or whatever. And it's like, here's a little bit of plot about ladies, but like, for the most part, like, her role is to be like Gatsby's green light, you know, the abstract concept driving him onward. And she's not really a person. And, and so, so it is easy when we first meet Desmond and we find out that he's in love with this woman and her name is Penelope and they had this horrible breakup and he went to the Island and hasn't seen her for years to think of her as like that that's the character archetype that she is filling. And when mm-hmm. you get further into the story and you realize she is looking for him, she is sending out search parties for him. She is right. doing all of this research and like, and she's so smart and she's so well connected and she never gives up. And she's got all of this, like that she is so much more active in the plot than being like, quote unquote, the Penelope I think that's a really amazing choice. And I like how those things are sort of revealed to us slowly kind of piece by piece and they really sort of like the constant is kind of where we sort of first find out like all of the stuff our sort of first real glimpse of like what she's been doing and that she's that finding him is as important to her as it is to him and i just mm-hmm. think that's really beautiful because that's also like it's both destiny and choice like it's both the sort of grand faded love story and also that she had to do all of this sort of nitty-gritty unsexy granular stuff like hiring boats And, like, you know, maps and satellites and, like, all Mm. of this sort of pragmatic stuff that she had to choose. That's part of how the grand cosmic love story sort of unfolds. Mm -hmm. So
0: true, Queen. I love it all. I literally, like, I have nothing to add because I'm just, like, that was the most eloquent way of talking about their love story that, like, I've ever heard. (laughs) And, like, I feel like people are going to go nuts when they hear that <laughs> this one's like, for you Joanna <laughs> yeah like it's
1: just yes it's so beautiful shout out to Joanna yeah it, that was so beautiful oh mm-hmm. I just really love them I think it's I think it's really well written and I and I I think she's such a surprise of a character Because she, she so immediately develops so much more depth and complexity and agency than you would expect from somebody who's introduced to us as like a woman in a photograph that a man is pining for. And I just, I think it's really, really wonderful that they don't sort of take the cheap, obvious route of making her be an object being pined for. And she also gets to be like a badass action hero who commandeered an entire boat and saved everybody stranded in the middle of the ocean. Right, she's the one who goes on the Odyssey. He's the damn thing yeah, in distress. He is, he is, and I think that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. All right, well, thank you so much again for coming on, Claire. It
1: is, as always, a delight Thank you so much for having me it's it's always fun to talk to you guys and it's extra fun to talk to you about time travel
0: yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm so glad that you uh, that you like called this um, this episode like so early on because you're like the person. perfect person to have on for it i
1: am i have had a wonderful time i am delighted that i got the chance to be this big of a nerd about it and we all learned a little something about david hume and isn't that really what it's all about we
0: sure did yeah (laughs) we sure did um if you guys want to follow claire her um apps and stuff will be in the description as well as the title of her book if you guys want to go and check it out i think you can you can buy it on amazon right yes Yes. Read her um, book, It Made Me Cry but in a good way. Aww. <laughs> uh you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R R B Y N E J F F R E Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. You can follow um the aficionados in general at at The Aficionados on a whole bunch of different places. Our Patreon, like we said before, is patreon.com slash The Go and check that out too. Like I said, we have a couple more perks that we are percolating on. And mm. uh, so uh, we'd love your guys' opinion on that. If you're a patron, maybe you will see some um, info on that soon. All right, I'm excited for our next episode. And I hope you guys have a great heckin' day. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Robin! Thank
1: you. <laughs> okay, love you okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!
3: This is why we don't do drugs. No.
0: This is the spoiler section for episode 309, Stranger in a Strange Land, featuring Wyatt. Stop in the name of Spoiler. Oh,
3: spoiler.
0: spoiler. Okay. Spoilers. Okay. So the first thing that I grabbed for spoilers, to be honest, I don't have a lot of spoilers this episode just because- Yeah, I was going to say, are there any? I have some, but a lot of the stuff that happens this episode straight up just doesn't come back. So I just don't have that much stuff. Yeah. They're like, we got to wipe this episode off the face of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so on Lostpedia, it said this is the last Jack-centric flashback episode that is centric solely to Jack. Um, it could be argued that 316 contains one long flashback instead of a flash forward. Um, And his only other flashback is in a Jacob-centric episode, The Incident, because every other one has been a flash forward. So this is the last Jack flashback. The last Jack flashback is what I said. (laughs) And then before I go into my notes, um, I just wanted to remind everybody, Manda pointed out um, like five things that are good about this episode. Um, and I couldn't say this one at the beginning of the podcast, but I can say it now. They said Jack's behavior in this episode sets us up perfectly to believe that the season three finale is a flashback. The poor behavior and drinking mean that by the time the finale comes around, we do believe this could have been part of his past. And that's a totally good point, yeah, because uh the the fact that that episode is a flash forward instead of a flashback is it's so important that you believe that it's a that it's a flashback yeah for um for like the big reveal at the end. So that is a good thing about the episode. I will give you that fair enough for um our spoilers about the actual episode for the skate storyline. Kate Kate says we have to go back. so. We have to go back is obviously important. Um, And then later I like how she's like, we have to go back. And then when Jack says we have to go back at the season three finale, she's like, no. Carl says my backyard. So that means he has a house and he can't live in the house alone. So who are Carl's parents? We talked a lot about Carl in our Not in Portland episode about like who Carl's parents are and who like where he even freaking came from. And so that this is just more reason to believe that Carl has some parents and we just don't know who they are. Why did they let Ben treat their kids that badly. I don't know. Okay, moving on to the Jack storyline. No, let's not. Uh, it's better than the flashbacks, so. Oh, so true. Be appreciative. (laughs) Like I said, not a lot here. Okay, so that wooden podium with the Hydra symbol on it, and like this room, I was just wondering what the Dharma people would have actually like used this for, like before the purge, before Ben basically kills them all. What this room was for? My guess, because this station is supposed to be for like animal research and uh, like aquatic animal, and the the polar bear. It's basically holding the animals. Yeah, is that maybe it could be a room for like speeches like my guess is like maybe they would bring in a lot of people and people would do presentations on what they learned or something that's my only guess as to what that room was used for before the others took it over I think that's plausible. Oh, and then my other thing was just that being marked doesn't really change anything for Juliet later, right? Like we hardly ever see it and it's hardly ever brought up again, I think, or important at all. So Damon said, because we never see Isabel again. So Damon said that Isabel is dead by the end of season three. Um, We don't know how, but Damon said that she was. And so she could have been one of the people with Tom... At the camp, um, like, do you guys remember when Saeed, Bernard, and Jin stayed yeah. behind and, like, blow some stuff up? Possible that she could have been one of those people, but we don't necessarily know how she died. We just know that she is dead by the end of season three, just because Damon said so. All right, so clearly they didn't like that actress. Right, uh, I don't know what the, what the deal about that is at all. And then, okay, so let me see if I have anything for the flashbacks. Sorry in advance. No, <laughs> I don't have anything about the flashbacks because because none of it matters. They never get brought up again, straight up. All right, you guys. Sorry about that super small um spoiler section. Um, but truly, there's nothing to add really. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know we just did this, but Wyatt, we wanted to thank you again for coming on. Yay! Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys very much. This is a lot of fun. I... Yeah, it was fun. I, I, I had more fun than I expected to talk about this, episode, about this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We laughed more than I expected.
1: Exactly. I'm more excited to hear the episode after mine, though, because I, I love oh, yeah, is dead. So <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of our Twitters will uh, and uh, social medias will be in the description if you want to go check those out at The Aficionados everywhere. Like I said, Patreon is patreon.com slash The There's a link in the description as well. Um, and that's kind of it. All right. So I guess we'll see you guys for the next episode. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, everybody. bye.
2: <laughs> what the hell's the Brady Bunch?
0: This is the spoiler section for episode 310. Trisha Tanaka is dead featuring John. In a in the a spoiler. spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler! Spoiler! Spoilers! Okay, welcome to the spoilers section. There is so much to talk about. To here. Thank you.
3: Roger Linus. Roger Linus. Roger <laughs> Linus. Roger Linus.
0: <laughs> it was a, it was fitting that that head got knocked off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible man! Like speaking of terrible dads,
3: perhaps lost as we talk about lost, uh, few and far between good dads. Uh, let's let's pour one out literally because it's a beer drinking episode for. Uh, <laughs> For Lost's all-time worst dad.
0: Fully. I don't know, you guys. Anthony Cooper. <gasps> oh, right. Yeah.
3: Oh, fuck. Yeah. God damn it. I always forget about Anthony. He threw his yeah. son out a window.
0: It's and he stole his kidney. He stole his I think kidney. I he's related to Locke. Because he's yeah. so evil, and they're both the same age. Yeah. I mean,
3: do we? <laughs> I mean, then, sure. Like maybe cosmically jacob is the worst dad but like you but that's so like in the very damon the ultimate bad dad you. is god yeah. right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah jesus jesus himself um <laughs> so one of the things that uh was pointed out on laspedia was that um trisha tanaka is one of three non-main characters mm-hmm. to have their name in an episode title um, the others are Dave and Ji Yun That's why I had to put it in the oh. spoiler section because we don't even we know that Ji Yun exists, but we don't know much about her or and or what her name is or anything exactly right now.
3: It is a Korean name right? exactly exactly. So you, can, you can
0: infer some things. Looks yep.
3: both ways. <laughs>
0: Although I have to say Ji Yun banger episode, such a good episode. Is I it? Like that one. It's
3: yeah, it's but- very. I enjoy Ji Yun. I'm not going to get to. I'm the. For for those of you enjoying my contribute, I'm not going to be able to uh, on be on a, a season four episode because I was slow to ask for one. But uh, yeah, G, G owns a banger episode. Uh, I think that it, I do believe that it fundamentally plays fair, and that the uh, bifurcated. Uh, flashback/forward flash yeah. is uh has a story purpose as well.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's like it's really cool but and like such a huge shock at the end of the episode. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely also like still a reason.
3: Yeah, there's like a purpose to why we're seeing that episode of Jen's life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: Besides exactly. just to trick us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't remember. Okay. Uh basically what happens in Jiyun is that um we get Sun giving birth to Jiyun in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. but hers is a flash forward and we assume that Jin is there because she keeps asking for him. Right. But then it turns out that Jin's flash forward has been a flashback this whole time and he yeah. only just got
3: married. Right.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go through my um my spoilers. I'm gonna start with the spoilers for the flashbacks. The trons. They are rehired because you see them in season four uh, at Hurley's birthday party. Oh. So they rehired the TRONS. Good. After Hurley left.
4: I'm
3: actually kind of. I enjoy that for those actors. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's nice to see them again. And then also, uh, David fixes the car while Hurley's gone as like a a memorial to Hurley. Um, That's cool.
3: uh, Yeah. Wholesome dad! (laughs) See, like, see, that's. Not to get too ahead of myself with the spoil, with in the episode, like, but like, this is really the beginning of a lovely arc for David. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. He, like, it it had to begin with him admitting he was trash. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And
3: then from there, he could actually become a, a, like, seeing him, seeing him and Carmen greeting Hurley in the season four finale when the plane lands. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh my gosh, it's so nice. Like, oh, I love. I love the season four finale for so many different reasons mm-hmm. and like that reuniting like, Oh, they just do it. Jaquino is like, Hey, get rid of all the noise for this one. Yeah. He, I got this man.
3: He gives you the oceanic six theme, which may be the best piece of lost music. Literally. He gives you uh, Hurley's mom and dad. He gives you Nadia. Mm -hmm. he gives you wait it's not or is Nadia later I forget
0: Nadia's later after the uh press conference
3: that's right and uh the thing
0: is that her uh Saeed and Kate are all by themselves and Hurley like brings Saeed over to meet his parents
3: gives you yeah which is another love beautiful moment (laughs) I love that it's like Saeed doesn't have people so here you're part of my family now yeah Jack's mom who we hadn't seen since season one Mm-hmm. Like uh, so good, yeah. It, 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 but uh, but yeah, and then David eventually becomes the only person to believe Hugo when he explains the whole story of the island mm-hmm. and encourages and like him- helps
0: him helps him uh, hide Said and stuff. <laughs> In season five? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I like, you know, at the end of the flashbacks, he says like, okay, well, I'll still be here when you get back. And, and what he-, he means is when you get back from Australia in like a week or two. Sure, But in reality, like after Hurley's been gone for like months and months.
3: He was still there. He
0: comes back and he is there. He's yeah. still there. And yeah.
3: He sticks around even when he thinks his son is dead.
0: Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, do they inherit all of his money? Probably.
3: I mean, sure. But I mean, there's noth- nothing that happens after that point. <laughs> indicates that it was he stayed in bad faith
0: yeah um so lastly for the flashbacks uh lynn karnoff is in the flash sideways um she was only ever in this one episode and then they brought her back for the flash sideways um and she worked at the oc staffing service uh at the temp agency that hurley owns and she was doing a job interview with John Locke and was asking questions that made no sense to him, such as what kind of animal animal would you consider yourself? No. Fed up with her approach, John demanded to see her supervisor. Lynn complied and brought Rose to speak with him.
3: Wow.
0: So that's pretty cool that they were like, hey, this one-off character, you're coming
3: back. Let's go. That's, that's wholesome. Flash sideways. It's, it's, it's a fun place. Mm-hmm.
0: It is a fun place.
3: Also, have I shared with you... Did I talk about this last time I was on the show that the 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 fun subtext of the flash sideways is that that Bernard and Rose are completely woke the entire time.
0: Right. Wait, I I don't one, know if you did.
3: I don't think I did that like there is something about Rose and Bernard's energy in the flash sideways that that they they didn't that they don't have to be woken up. They're just waiting for the rest of their they're waiting for the rest of the group. Right.
0: Oh. And they just show up at the church. Like no one
3: comes to get them. Like they show up at the church but if you, especially if you watch the Bernard scene, where I think he's—I forget who he's. Ch- I think he's. It's bet with Ben, or
0: no, it's Jack because he's trying to learn about Locke's dad. Yes,
3: that's right. When he's when when that scene with Bernard and Jack, and he's like he has this look on his face that's like, "Keep going, Jack. You're
0: almost there." Yeah, keep going. You're gonna figure it out, bud. Yeah, yeah.
3: Like I, sure. I mean, it's it feels like okay. So Bernard and Rose get to be like the the awakened presences just like on the island they're just like chilling
0: right and i love i love that like desmond's the one in the flash sideways who's like actively trying to wake people up and get Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and Rose and bernard are just like kind of passively waiting which is always kind of what they were which i love right because um you know even when bernard decides like to make that sos sign and decides to be proactive rose takes him down and says okay like we're just gonna we're just hanging out here and that that continues on with the flash sideways
3: yeah yeah they just try and
0: like stay out of it just like they do in like the season 5 finale when we finally see them again
3: that they they have nothing the reason that they don't have to wake up in the flash sideways is because by the time they died they weren't they they had already let go right yeah, they
0: were already happy yeah
3: they decide they 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 probably passed away at some undetermined future date quite happy and quite unburdened
0: yeah i agree that's
3: wholesome
0: mm. um, okay that's all that I had for the for the flashback um, spoilers if you wanted to add anything else
3: Now we talked about David's Ark that's mm-hmm. that's the big one
0: the sequel to Noah's Ark yeah. <laughs> Stupid. I also don't have anything to add to the B storyline just because um like pretty much everything that happens happens throughout the rest of the season.
3: Uh, well, will t- uh, I have one note about the B storyline. Sure. They can leave the island. Yeah, they can. John doesn't like it when 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 doesn't like that they get to cheat.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so he blows it up. Well, he blows I mean, up the way they can. And I I it never occurs to him to use it.
3: It's yeah. so but it's Here's so quintessentially Locke and Terry O'Quinn is putting that in the read already. Like when he Mm -hmm. hears that they can leave the island, it's not that he's like we can we can be rescued. It's I'm offended that I'm like out here speaking to the island and communing with nature and y'all can just like come and go. That's not how this place works
0: exactly right yeah um it reminds me of last episode when carl was like we take away the people and we give them a better life and kate's like better than what and he's like better than yours Mm -hmm. It's like well you're the one creating the bad life in the first place yeah
3: yeah there's a little bit of retcon action happening (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: so for the main storyline um my first thing was i wonder if hurley forgot about the fact that like charlie was supposed to die and desmond knows because it feels like he can't know or we don't get that moment where he tells hurley to go back in greatest hits like in greatest hits when he says no hurley go back you can't come because you're too big or whatever yeah and hurley's like okay whatever i don't even want to go anyway um and like charlie's going off with desmond like hurley don't you remember what's going on here
3: well, I think that this episode, kind well, the thing that Hurley doesn't know is Desmond coming up to Charlie and saying, this time you have to die. Yeah. Like, I, I think that the thing that Hurley doesn't know is that this time Desmond and Charlie aren't going off to avert avert something, they're going to fulfill it. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true, yeah. And, you know, there's an argument that could be... Well, Hurley goes on the hiking trip, too, and I, I don't remember if he's, yeah, like, if actually he privy to the uh, argument that Charlie and yeah. Desmond have. I don't remember. So, because there's every possibility that they that to, to hurley that it could be a done deal as as of this this episode
0: yeah which that's true
3: to be fair my first time watching the series I'm like hey I guess Charlie's not gonna die yeah, oh, whoa, boy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my next note was about Vincent so Vincent brings like this rotting arm with the car keys in the missing pieces uh, we get the re- revelation that Christian Shepherd who ends up being the man in black right. Um, is the one who like tells Vincent to go over to Jack um, at in the pilot like right, right right before the show even starts?
3: Yes. yes, I remember that.
0: And so there's multiple times in which Vincent just like shows up and like takes people places. So it feels like Vincent is this sort of like it's weird because like most of the things that Vincent does is like to um, to help Jacob. but we see Christian Shepherd in that Mobisode which implies that he also helps. Man in Black. So I'm not sure because this time I think it's Jacob. Mm -hmm. And then I think that, you know, when Vincent shows up to Charlie with Virgin Mary and Charlie just looks up and goes, are you kidding? Right. I Mm -hmm. feel like that's also Jacob being like, you need to take this and embrace it and get rid of it. Like, you need to do it. It reminds me of In the Moth when uh, Charlie asks for his drugs back and then throws them in the fire. Like, it has to be you. So is that actually Vincent, though? Or is that Jacob the whole time just, like, manifesto?
3: <laughs> is Jacob turning into Vincent?
0: Like I <laughs> think Jacob's um, asking Vincent to do stuff.
3: Hold on, guys. Is Vincent the new Richard? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my God. An immortal dog? That's a great concept. Aww. I know. Like, that's, that's one of the things that, like... <laughs> people watch lost for the first time they watch like literally the first shot and they're like wait wait wait! does the dog die and you get to be like no no, no he doesn't
3: never the dog in fact like i remember when Lindelof and q's i remember the podcast where they came on and said we will uh, we were, we would like to deliver the very first series end game spoiler for lost vincent will survive the series
0: yeah, yeah. and thank god yeah like- imagine if they tried to pull that Oh, no. Uh-uh. You,
3: you can't kill... No, not this show. This show is too... No. This show is too spiritual and too about, like, fucking, like, eterni- eternality of life and shit. like Like, you can't... Yeah. Like, this isn't a, a the dog needs to die show.
0: Right. No, you're totally right. Um, I fully agree. There
3: are stories in which the dog must die. Yeah. I mean, stories like John Wick that precipitate all of subsequent events. Oh, yeah. A, a, show, uh, a movie about... How mad people get when you kill their dog?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I remember, like, I, I feel like Damon was like, "Okay, now that I haven't killed this dog," I remember watching the first episode of The Leftovers, um, and being like, "Oh no!" Oh shit, that's right. Damon immediately kills the dog. What the hell? I know. I was like, Damon, I trusted you. No, he's like, I'm edgier now. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's like this. This show is like, this is HBO. This is Bleaker now. This is yeah. A, this is a sad show about. This is a Disney. Actually, this is a show where dog die dogs die is very is, is a is pretty good log line for the leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Um did you guys watch the whole series?
0: No. I did.
3: I just keep thinking about my favorite line from the Leftovers is is uh Matt after the lion after the lion mauls the guy that he thinks is God mm-hmm. and him going like, That's the guy I was telling you about yeah never mind <laughs> that, like david lindelof is like kills god in yeah. season three of the leftovers
0: david lindelof is like if i kill enough fictional one i can become him
3: yeah he kills jacob too like exactly. he's like
0: yeah all the gods are dead
3: does lindelof ki- oh, actually he kind of does kill god on all three of his shows
2: yeah.
3: exactly But god he literally kills god on all three he kills jacob <laughs> he kills the random homeless man on the leftovers who and uh dr manhattan Spoilers for there the Watchmen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: um. This is a spoiler section, so...
3: Yeah, it's spoilers should've... for every Wendelof show.
0: Just consider everything. it a spoiler for everything. Yeah. <laughs> My next note was about Roger's arm, which reminds me of Montan's arm, which uh, Russo mentions got ripped off in season one, mm-hmm. um, at the end of season one, I think. And then when Jin meets um russo and her team um and he like helps rip off montan's arm and then they get flashed in into the future yep. and he's just sitting beside a rotting arm Ew. it feels like
3: these are parallels these rotting arms yeah. uh jen uh, can't escape rotting arms
0: um okay next next question how did the van get on its side just like various island things Jungle that crab. have happened in the fat past like 10 years
3: is- maybe the 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 monster Sure. I suppose that yeah. either Erosion or Ben, like, put a... Br- like Yeah,
0: Ben, like, came over and was, like, just, like, put a bunch of brush over top of it and was, like, I hope everyone forgets about you.
3: Or, like, they were... Like, either that or Ben kicked it down the hill after he killed his dad. Right. Like- Can't blame
0: him. Yeah, because it's, like, mm-hmm. in the mesa. Like, it's in that valley when uh, it happens in um, in Man Behind the Curtain. So mm-hmm. he must have, like, pushed it into some brush. On Laspedia, it said... Ben made the choice to kill his father, including leaving the body in the van in the jungle, even though he was specifically asked if he wanted to have the body retrieved. The direct result of his decision, though many years later, likely doomed his plan of preventing the survivors from contacting potential rescuers. Look at that. Because Hurley uses the van to uh, to kill a bunch of the others, mm. including Price, I think. Price is the one who he runs over, I think. Um
4: these so like happen.
0: years over ten years later, Ben mm-hmm. deciding to callously leave his father's body out there, which I don't blame him for because he was abusive and terrible.
3: Yeah, I do suppose part that, of his downfall. This is a good part uh, point to mention our spoiler about the beer expiry, the beer cans, which oh yeah, those are '90s beers. So '90s beers, yeah, yeah. So they absolutely makes
0: perfect sense that they'd be there.
3: Yeah, so that is the correct type of uh, correct type of can for a for beer from the 90s and by the i'm pretty sure that they knew that they knew who roger workman was going to be by the time they wrote this episode
0: absolutely you think i guarantee it yeah okay. um it's really it's not that far away
3: i think that they'll yeah because that's only in a few episodes from here and i think the latter half yeah
0: here let me count like
3: oh you listeners if you're i mean if you're in this section you've already watched the show but god this is yeah. the beginning of a good run of episodes
0: yeah for sure like okay enter seven seven one two three four five six. Oh wait, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's only it's ten episodes away, but it's in the same season.
3: You know, I mean the back the back half of season three, which might be like top the the top ranking part of Lost.
0: Yeah, very good, absolutely.
3: God, it's just like
0: greatest hits.
3: Ah, oh,
0: and then through event. the looking glass, like
3: it's such a good finale.
0: <laughs> so good, <laughs> and then man behind the curtain, Catch Twenty Two, The Brig, Expose. Man oh, from Tallahassee. Really?
3: Yeah, I mean, Catch Twenty Two is like the only like okay one in there. Yeah, like I mean, could-
0: I just love. Um, yeah, like I don't really care for the flashbacks in Catch Twenty Two.
3: It's just like, oh, we don't need it. We don't need the origin story for Brother, you know. Yeah, but I really
0: love the island stuff on in Catch Twenty Two,
3: and it does have the good that great scene with Penny at the end of the flashback.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. Penny! It
3: has the meat cute.
0: Yeah, yeah. My next note was that Sawyer hugs Nikki. In the montage, and then in expose, Sawyer says he doesn't know who Nikki is. It tracks well. You know, when a random pretty girl hugs you, you gotta hug back. Yeah, he's like, sure.
3: They hug. They hug a bunch of the NPCs. Like they. Yeah. yeah,
0: Roger was an alcoholic, which is why he has all those beers. But it does say that it does have the Swan logo on his on his chest, which doesn't really make sense.
3: I believe that they say in Man Behind the Curtain that they are making a beer run to the. They're making the a beer swan. run to the Swan.
0: Okay, yeah, manufacturers actually used these ring pulls since at least 1990, so Dharma well, could well have used them during the 1992 purge. There you go. Hurley says, stop, that guy had a family. Yeah, Ben <laughs> is his son, and this. I really feel like even if you don't know, no, you can tell that this whole episode, all of this stuff about Roger is going to come back, because you yeah. know what show you're watching.
3: Yeah, if you put a, a mysterious dead body in a mysterious van in the jungle of mystery, like, Definitely. of course, it's going to come back.
0: And also, um, the whole workman thing is, like, the best joke to then come back in season five when Sawyer specifically signs Jack up as a workman. Yes. He's such an ass.
3: Oh my god. It's such a good troll.
0: Yeah. Especially when Jack is, like, so deeply overqualified. All,
3: but also, god, I, I mentioned earlier in the intro, I, season five is just... I just think it's like chef's kiss, man.
0: Oh, for it's sure. It's so good. It is. That's when it finally leans full, full sci-fi. Yeah, it's like, you know what? We
2: are what we
3: are. It's full sci-fi. But it also, it's. I, I think that it's like the full Lindelof meta, meta text thing, like where the season is basically about the immutability of characters mm-hmm. and like what makes characters characters. And it's like the whole tension of, can you change the past does whatever happened happen and then the utter inevitability of everyone's behavior leading to the everything incident. that happens canonically
0: yeah
3: like uh, like oh oh it, it, it reminds that actually reminds me of something from the B story that i forgot to mention okay. that is sort of a spoiler because it is about Kate's arc that mm-hmm. you know Kate I mentioned last time I was on was a Kate episode and we talked about like every yeah. the, the principles having these core qualities Jack fixes things Sawyer is a survivor John Locke the leaves Kate runs mm-hmm but those qualities are very those those qualities permutate over the course of the series and that, that kate it all it does always run but kate always comes back
0: yeah yeah like that's
3: the, the i mean season five hinges on the fact that kate returns like mm-hmm. kate yeah. is like I, I i i run but i will go back for claire
0: Right, exactly.
3: I will go back, and she's going back for Jack here at the series' midpoint, right when you'd want to introduce that kind of thing. Yeah. Kate, yeah, Kate always comes back, and Kate cares about kids.
0: hmm Oh, yeah. And Kate's loyal. Cares
3: about taking care of kids, you know, taking care of, like, I took care of you, Mom. Like
0: Right, exactly. And then she, like, takes care of Ben to take him to the, the yes. temple. And it turns out that Saeed trying to kill Ben, they take him to the temple and it turns out that Saeed was the reason that Ben is so evil.
3: Yeah. that Like if, if they hadn't taken Ben to the temple, there's every possibility that like, like Roger is freaking out enough about his missing son that they may have actually kind of patched things up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he had been like, you know, I I don't know. But the thing is that the immune, like everything is inevitable because of exactly where all the characters are at that point.
0: Yeah, it all happened because all of this happened before. Like and all of it will happen again. I mean, Saeed wasn't there for like the conversation about whatever happened happened, and so like he has no idea. He thinks that he's doing what's right when in reality like all of like he you you did shoot him before like you've
3: always shot him you've always shot him he's always survived and jack is trying to play laissez-faire man of faith and be like no i'm not helping him and yeah meanwhile like jack's immutability at that point is that he's determined to do whatever he's supposed to do yeah which is why he fixes everything and then why he is kind of like staunchly, kind of ineffectively, dogmatically a man of faith at first mm-hmm. in season five. Mm-hmm. But Kate is gonna help the kit. Yeah. Juliet's gonna help Kate help the kit. Like Sawyer is gonna do whatever Juliet fucking tells him to because she's the <laughs> yeah, fucking simp. simp simp. Yeah. He's such a simp for Juliet. It's so good. He brings her a big dandelion. It's very- he sure does. Yeah, Robin, you're gonna be making a lot of gifts of that episode. Yep. Yeah. If- yep. if- uh, Brittany, I, 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 when when I was talking to Robin about the next, the upcoming episodes, I'm like, can I have Lafleur? And she's like, already spoken for him. I'm like, son of a. bitch Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I get to tell Jeremy Bentham. I can't believe it was unclaimed.
0: That's gonna be good. That's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all. Is that the Pop Tart episode? Uh, no, that's The Lie. Okay. It's the episode no. where uh, we learn everything that happened. No, along. I rem- I know, but I was wondering if that was in the same episode. No, that's The Lie, which, by the way, is not spoken for. So whoever... Uh, the Lie, which is, we've been talking about this whole time, is the the episode where um, Hurley mm. wears I Heart Shih Tzu shirt. And uh, <laughs> I, I love my Shih Tzu. And... Um, throws that, a hot pocket at Ben. Throws a hot pocket at Ben. If anyone wants that one, it is available. That's why. like...
3: I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it, it seems to me like... like... Like you heart them. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, We have, we have a lot of episodes still um, in the back half of uh, season five available. So if anyone wants to speak for those, you can. Um, Yeah
3: uh season five is a is a banger of a season folks so you, true yeah
0: it's one of their best seasons if, if not their best season. it
3: may be like in terms like back half of, if back half of season three was its own season it would probably rank as the best but um yeah. but season five might just be the overall best Season.
0: yeah the arc is just so good mean, is season four good or was that the writer strike season it was the writer strike okay. season
3: s- season four is the writer strike season but I still love that season okay I, s- I think it's great season four has a I think it's it it, it has a, it's it's sort of wobbly I mean it has some of my absolute favorite episodes on it and like Robin can tell you again it has the constant an episode mm-hmm. that I didn't even think oh, to ask right. for because I was sure it was spoken for
0: it is. Yeah. I think that's Sam's. Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah, of course it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the thing that I love about oh. season four is that every single season up to it takes place over a full month and season four takes place over a week.
3: Oh yeah. That's like,
0: crazy. There's just so much.
3: Like season four is bananas. And then yeah. season five, I think takes place over like mo- several years, but. Uh, I mean, all over the place. A years. Season is, but the, 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 the home stretch of season five takes place over like three days yeah
0: Yeah. exactly that's true
3: and then season six takes place over like a couple of days
0: yeah um yeah they really uh bump it up there at the end there but um the only other things that i wanted to add to the spoiler section before we can just kind of go off and do whatever we want but um it sucks that charlie is like i'm gonna die if i die here at least i'm dying with you and then like hurley has to then live without charlie after this and god does jorge ever hit it out of the park when he's like doing that whole speech about how he's going to believe whatever Charlie said. And then lastly, Mm. I think that Hurley making that van work, because there's no way that van was going to work. Like Jin said, like it's overgrown. It has so many things in it is almost certainly a work of Jacob, Uh, It has to be. Getting it to work. It it reminds me actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it reminds me of that part in season six when Richard wants to kill himself and then um, Jack comes in and he knows for a fact that the dynamite won't go off because he's mind of faith Jack at that point. Mm -hmm. He knows that the dynamite won't go off because Jacob won't let him die because he's a candidate. I think that's exactly what's happening here is that even though Hurley isn't doing it on purpose, he knows that he, well, he doesn't know, but like Jacob knows that he can't die here because he needs him.
3: Yeah, even if it hadn't been sussed out by the right, is at this point yeah i, I think that if you want to like uh, if you want to like uh headcanon and fanwank it like it yeah it, it's, it's a, a pretty compelling moment yeah like it 100 percent would track with those other moments for yeah. sure.
0: Cool. Can is there anything else that you wanted to add before we before we shut it down here?
3: No, I can't think of anything else to say. I'll probably think of something at like three AM tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. That's fair. Classic. Cool. I, I'm checking. I don't think I had. I was like, did I have a thoughts from listeners? Yes, I did. Ooh. I should have. Let me let me record this really quickly, and I'm going to put it at the front of the uh, episode if you guys don't mind. I'm going to edit it to the to the front of the episode. Sure.
3: I was like, I'm glad that I checked. Thank you for bringing up Tom Friendly because. Um, it, it, since it's the spoiler section we can talk about about uh off island leisure living gay icon friendly well i'm
0: uh, i'm going to i'm going to edit uh i'm going to edit that to the front so let me uh <laughs> um let me pop on back to spoilers. pop on back to spoilers and sprinkle in some tom friendly
3: so when you yeah, mentioned tom friendly way at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> yes, there there you sure. go. uh it reminded me uh since we're talking spoilers to about um everyone's favorite off-island leisure living uh gay icon tom friendly <laughs> so true <laughs>
0: leisure living
3: and with the slicked back hair and like the Plates of like fruit and like f- food he and he's like- very
0: special to me. He's just a, like a truly speaking of himbos, Tom friendly. Uh,
3: wow. <laughs> MC Ganey is also kind of it has like such it has like older himbo energy a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, do have either of you watched uh Tangled the series? No, uh, you should. It slaps and the uh, MC Ganey on in both Tangled the film and in the series voices the captain of the guard. Yeah, and uh, the series gives him a lot more to do because his daughter is a principal character on that show Mm -hmm. played by Eden Espinosa of uh, Broadway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, MC Ganey, uh, Tom Friendly, icon.
0: <laughs> Gay icon. I love him. <laughs> All right, John, thank you so much for joining us again. Woohoo!
3: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: You can find uh, John's socials down in the description. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jevery. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow us at, at The um, a lot of different places. Um, our Patreon, like we said, is patreon.com slash The um, We would really appreciate your help. And uh, hopefully very soon you will see that uh, Patreon-only podcast about the wilds coming on uh, this feed. Hell yeah. Um, I, I can't promise it. It's going to happen in between this episode and Enter 7-7, but uh-huh. it's going to happen at some point, I promise. It's bi-weekly, so. Thank you for promising that. Okay, love you. Bye! Okay, love you. Bye! Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. bye.
5: Sorry, Trisha Tanaka.
0: This is the spoiler section for episode 311, Enter 7-7, featuring Scott. Stop in
2: the
0: Uh, okay, spoilers. So um the first thing that I had on um Lost Pedia, it said the title of the episode, Enter Seven Seven, foreshadows the character's eventual jump into the year nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they actually jump into 74, and then they like live to yeah, 77. But because they jump in before Star Wars, because Hurley has this whole thing where he's like, I can write Star write Wars. Star yeah, it's like, That's but right. George Lucas is already writing Star Wars. Yeah, but Hurley doesn't like, want to hear that. He, well, he, I think Miles tells him that, and then he's like, Yeah, but I can help him with the other ones. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, I can he, make I don't them know, better. Those first three were good. What mm-hmm. they need, what he needs to help him with are the prequels. Yeah. Sure, yeah.
4: It's the up until last year, I had only ever seen episode one, so I finally went and watched those original three. They're good. We
0: finally did it. I I,
4: I get it. I, I get why people <laughs> like them. That, yeah. was, that was my big accomplishment last year. Because it's not like we could do anything else. I
0: didn't like the newer ones.
4: No, I had never you... seen. I had never seen episode four, five, and six up until like a year and a half ago. That's but...
0: crazy. And there's like, there's something so classic and nostalgic about them. I still yeah. have only seen the first one. <laughs> yeah okay cool let's i'm gonna do spoilers and i think i'm gonna start with the flashbacks just because there's not much like island stuff to talk about in there i don't even know if i actually have any let's see no
4: not spoilers. never mind
0: i don't have any flashback stuff yeah because no, cause none of it comes back <laughs> no really uh okay so the beach storyline Let's see. Okay. Sawyer saying that he doesn't know who Nikki is is flashback or is foreshadowing to Expose when he still doesn't know who Nikki is? It's it's shady, but it's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny to me that he actively talks to her like in Expose, he like actively talks to her and then still doesn't know who she is. So it's so funny to me that Sawyer just, like, can't tell any woman apart that isn't Kate. Well, and I
4: think it's also them writing towards us fans that were are still, like, halfway Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Like, who the hell are these, pe- these people? Why do they have lines all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. Because I still remember the first time watching it through going, what who the hell is this
0: who are they <laughs>
4: Who? who is this
0: i love an expose how they like weave them into like the old scenes yeah. though it's yeah so good. and they like bring back maggie grace and everything and like oh it's so good it's, it's very well done for an episode that people friggin' hate
4: and i love that episode i don't know what the hell's wrong with people yeah that episode does not get the love that it should
0: that's like kind of it i had for the um for the B storyline, other than the fact that now Sawyer can't do um, nicknames for a while, no, does no. do they actually follow through on that? Yes, for sure. That's awesome. Well, because of course they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's that's in itself a, a piece of comedy, right? Because Sawyer's nicknames are supposed to, supposed to, for the most part, be comedy, except when you're like, ugh, yikes, Sawyer. <laughs> but uh, so like they have to still make it comedy. By making him like struggle and everything. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So now into the meat of the of everything. They have to be on a course of 305 on his bearing. And following a bearing is how things get done in like season four, especially. Mm-hmm. Um following the bearings are yeah. really important. So that feels like that was a thing. And then also in season four, um, seeing a cow, uh, one of my, my sister's favorite character on the entire show is Frank Lapidus. And one of the first times we see Lapidus, he like sets down the helicopter and then like gets up the hill and just like finds a cow. And it's like, I just saw a cow. <laughs> you just walk up and you're like. Harry
4: chest and I'll just let it just flail out
0: exactly He's like what am i what is this place but my main question is same cow question mark i think it looks it has has to be right like where else i think that's it right if any show was gonna have cow continuity Mm -hmm. it would be a jj show And i only say a jj show because fringe also had good cow continuity Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense to me that like like it annoys me so much when people are like well they didn't answer answer all the questions and i'm like we weren't even asking where the cows went and they told us where the cows yeah. went in this episode. Like, yeah. they do it. Okay, uh, the flame. The, so this is the first time we're seeing the flame. Uh, and then in the spoilers, in my spoilers notes I wrote, it's very cool that this is the first time that we're seeing it and it gets blown up. And then it becomes so important. But the only times that we ever see it is in the past. Because, um, like, Juliet sees Rachel here later, um, you know, in a in a flashback. <clears throat> she, like, comes here to, like, see her sister and everything. Um, and then, like when they're in the Dharma Initiative in 1977 and everything, Redzinski works here, like Jin comes here and everything. And like they find Saeed here in season five, um, where he like becomes one of the hostels or whatever. Like the flame is so important. And it's so cool that the first time we see it, it straight up gets blown up, but it's like so important. And the only times we ever see it are in the past. Yep. Very cool. Kind of reminds me of Ethan. You know, he was here for such a small, like he was here for a small amount of time, kill him. And then, but, like, we still see him so much. Yep.
4: I love when he pops up randomly throughout, mm-hmm. that, throughout the season.
0: Because it's like...
4: Or seasons.
0: Excuse me for swearing, but it's always like, this f***ing guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's that's me when, when Mikhail is like, oh, he's dead, and then he's not dead, and then he's dead, and he's not dead. And you're <laughs> like, what kind of cockroach ass behavior? Yeah. But that
4: man sure can play dead. He can foam from the mouth pretty damn good to fake that death.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Mikhail Bakunin is, uh, this is who he was named after. Um, the real Mikhail was a proponent of anarchism and the questioning of authority. Ironically, the show's Mikhail is referred to by Ben as a loyalist, and he apparently agrees with Bonnie that the others shouldn't question their orders. The real Mikhail was also an atheist, while the show's Mikhail believed in Jacob as a higher power. So I feel like they really were just like, okay, yeah, name me a Russian. Yeah. 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 Name me a famous Russian. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so Mikhail says that he likes computers and working alone, so he was assigned to the flame. And he literally, I think he says lighthouse keeper. Um, so it's funny that like he wants to be like a lighthouse keeper, but I guess there was no one needed to man the actual lighthouse on the, on the <laughs> yeah. island. He was so like, they this were is like a normal no pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Did Ben make him turn the camera back on because sometimes he goes there and looks at stuff? Uh I think I kind of talked myself out of that, and I think that yeah. Ben is watching from the Pearl right now. Yep.
4: Yeah, I love that idea that there's actually a can like that the camera will light up when someone's watching.
0: Yeah. Just some among-ass behavior.
4: Yeah. yeah. I, I want to go back and rewatch it now, thinking, like, how you think on that one.
0: Yeah, it's just weird that, like, that—that that is such a not-at-all stealthy move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at all. So he explains the purge, and his explanation at first is really good, and then later he's like, yeah, some scientists came and killed all of the... Uh, and I'm like, it wasn't scientists, oh, it was, like, Ben and Richard. So oh, I, have, yeah. I was like, I'm not really sure about that. But yeah, his explanation of most of the things was, was pretty good. Said brings up the wires and talks about the one that goes into the ocean. This is going to come up again in Catch 22 when, um, Desmond has that vision of Hurley finding that same wire, uh, in the ocean. And, oh, Mikhail talks about how, well, I mean, he doesn't say it by name, but like, not the lamppost, but, um, the looking glass station. He says that it's under, it's an underwater beacon and Mikhail, in the season finale, or, like, close to it, is surprised to learn that it isn't underwater. So this is true to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he truly believes that this is underwater. Yeah. And he says that the submarine was used to bring Dharma to the island, and it is also used to bring everyone else. We see, like, in a, a very soon after now episode, we see Juliet going on the on the submarine. It's a fairly important submarine, one yeah. one could say. The uh, Galaga? Is that what they call the submarine? is a... A video game. I know, but I seem to remember them calling it that. I
4: was gonna say, did we ever learn what it was called? I think so.
0: Hold on. Because I think, I was like, oh, is that the freighter? But I think the freighter starts with a K. The name of the freighter. Hold on. Yeah. The submarine. It's called the Galaga. Cool. Yeah.
4: Good memory, Robin.
0: Thanks. <laughs> oh, and the freighter is called the Kahana.
4: Kahana. I don't know
0: how you remember this stuff.
4: I was going to say, I just finished season four. I should remember yeah. that. <laughs> I can sure tell you what songs are on Cocoa Melon. I can remember that. Good. Oh, geez.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm dreading that. My
4: brain's turned into mush after watching kids shows all morning long every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm, like, dreading that, because, like, my mom's already talking about getting my niece to watch Coco Melon, and I'm like, oh. please no. Please no.
4: I tried to put on DuckTales. Like, here, guys, come on. DuckTales. Ooh. Exactly.
0: Saeed thinks about Killing Me Kyle, but ultimately doesn't do this. And I, I know that like Desmond has that whole thing about him dying or whatever, but Charlie may not have died in the way that he did if Saeed had done this, you but then they wouldn't have gotten into Dharmaville either. So like there's a whole lot of like butterfly effect that would have happened um, there. We see Pierre's arms. There's this whole thing about Pierre's arm where one of his arms is amputated. Um, and you can tell when oh
1: yeah yeah you
0: can tell when a video was shot based on whether or not his arm is amputated and has he has a fake arm whether it was before the incident or after um, and his arm is definitely fake in this one so the flame existed before the incident we know that because we see it in yeah. what all over the place but this video must have been made after the incident Ooh. because his arm is. How do they keep track of crap like that? I know. How do they do Girl, this? I don't know.
4: The continuity on this show is so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, whoever their script supervisor was, you deserve Emmys. Yeah. And then, oh, the last thing I had was that um, Lock blowing up the house, it's like similar circumstances and also like similar shots, like looks wise to when Locke blows up the Galaga later, Mm -hmm. you know, like that moment where he like walks out and holds his hands up. I mean, he didn't this time, but I mean, he does later. He like holds his hands up and then it like blows up in front of him because cool guys don't look at explosions. Um, they don't. So, Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to mention before we uh, wrap up here?
4: I got, I don't think I do.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Scott, when's the next time we're gonna have you another couple years
4: probably another two years (laughs) hey maybe by then we can go to restaurants we can do all these fun things that would be
0: great i mean if if we can't by then i'm going to be really upset
4: Get your vaccines, people. Let's let, let can we do something fun maybe at the end of this year?
0: Please, I'm half done. I got one.
4: I'm ha- I'm ha- I'm half done too. I got my first one uh, week and a half ago. So,
0: which squad are you in, Scott?
4: I am uh, Squad Visor.
0: Us a- too
4: Uh uh-huh i I got i got a chance phone call and we have extras can you be here in 15 minutes yes i can yes i can
0: like (gasps) yes yes i can how did you get that phone call
4: my wife's a pharmacist
0: oh that that's that'll do it
4: and and she went to pharmacy school with two of my oldest friends and one of them was working at one of the clinics in town and they were closing and she was like, we have, we got like three extras. Can you be here in 15 minutes? Like, you back Say yes. Yep. Yes, I
0: can. Yep. Oh, I'm so jealous of you and happy for you at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So. Awesome. Ah. Okay.
0: Well, Scott, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
4: you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. It's yeah, fun. Every only, time. You're always so great. Yes. Well. It, yeah. yeah oh, it's so fun. I fake it. I, I try to fake it, you guys. So. <laughs>
0: Um, if you guys want to follow Scott, uh, all his stuff is going to be in the um, description. But also, it's just at Hey Zamboni guy. You yeah, can remember that.
4: It's literally if you walk uh, into a okay. rink and you have to yell something, it's exactly what my Twitter handle would be. So there you yeah. go. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter at britannia which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-e with an underscore at the end uh you can follow us at the Afficionados all over the place our patreon is patreon.com slash the and yeah we appreciate you. Please enjoy um, the Oakley, uh, Okay, Love You High podcast that's going to be on this feed next about the wilds and then a midseason, and then we can finally continue on with season three. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, woohoo! Woohoo. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!
4: Bye, guys. You're really the number one draft pick, Grimace. Yep.
0: This is the spoiler section for our midseason roundtable featuring Maria and Cookie. Stuffed, stuffed in a name of spoilers. 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 Yay. Okay. Spoilers. Welcome to spoilers. Now we can speak freely. Um, so the first topic that we picked was, uh, let's talk about Juliet. Okay. What, 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 what,
2: should we talk about Juliet?
0: Well, I think, you know, there's so much to say about her that like the beginning of season three only really scratches the surface.
2: Oh yeah. I think the second half of, uh, season three is probably the best see of Juliet. Mm-hmm. To me, season three is her best season, but, um, the second half, to me, is uh, is probably the coolest arc of hers. Yeah, it's really telling.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah her centric episode on the second half, it's really good. Oh, One yeah. of us is, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really
2: cool, the whole thing, the whole, you know, is she good, is she bad? And then, you know, is she betraying them? Is she loyal? And I, I think that's why a lot of people, I, I think she's a character that either you like her from the beginning or you just, you know, it takes a long time for, for her to grow on you because of this, right. but I think they do a really good job and and, and Liz does an amazing job with, with that arc and that story.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, um, I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts. We start season three by her being put into a ship with Jack. Quite literally, sometimes she's <laughs> put into a ship <laughs> yeah. with Jack. And yet, as the story goes on, she ends up with Sawyer. Where the heck did that transition happen?
2: You, what like when she when did she stop like being interested in Jack? you mean? No, well, I
0: mean, just like uh, it's interesting that 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 transition happened because she like was brought in to be a person for Jack and then they switched her and like, I wonder why.
2: I think is they realized that um Jack and Kate, you know, they were the end game was gonna be Jack and Kate, and yeah. then they needed to figure out what to do with Juliet and Sawyer. and then right.
0: And so they were like, ah uh, something easy.
2: I think it was a very bold choice. I think they, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell has talked about how when they first found out that they were going to put Sawyer and and Juliet together, both her and Josh were shocked. Like they were like, this is not going to work.
0: Right. Yeah. Like in, uh, in, I think the 301 uh, commentary, she's like, uh, yeah, Sawyer's not Juliet's type. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. She does say that. Yeah. and, so it was you know they were like i don't know if this would work and then it worked i think they really just uh took a leap of faith with with that thing and it ended up working out
5: yeah i think I think it's like they wanted to show how Sawyer was growing and Juliet like helped him grow around his new character, his new leader character. So when they left them both together alone on the island with the rest of the people, but them alone, they they realized they would work out and that the people were going to like them together since James was going to be more soft now as James or LaFleur. Mm. And I, I think that's the transition they both make forgetting about Kate and Jack.
2: Yeah, and I think you say that uh, she helped him, and she did, but I think she, he also helped her a lot. I think, you know, this is the first relationship, the first romantic relationship that she has that is a healthy one. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever talked about right. this, but, you know, there's uh, her ex-husband, there's uh, Jack, there's mm. Ben, Goodwin, <laughs> and, uh, and right, <laughs> God, there's Goodwin, Right. <laughs> I mean, the, not that Jack and Goodwin were like, abusive or anything. It's just that Jack clearly was in love with someone else and um, yeah. Goodwin was married. So <laughs> she never had this hmm. like <laughs> good relationship. She I, I also her parents broke up when she was uh, they got divorced when she was very little. Yeah. So she never had like this. Uh, she, I don't think she really knew what it was, what a relation, a healthy relationship looked like until she got with Sawyer.
0: Right. And, and, you know, there's that part in which, in the season five finale where she's like, well, if I never have you, then I never have to lose mm-hmm. you. And so she, you know, is, she kind of has the same sort of feeling as, you know, Sawyer at the beginning of season six when he's like, I guess some people are just meant yeah. to be. Meant to be alone. Meant to be alone. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's kind of what she believes in that moment that like, even if I'm more sad without him, he'll be happier and so it'll be worth it.
2: Mm-hmm. But he, he thinks the opposite. Yeah. I uh, I like that
0: thought that, um, that she helped Sawyer kind of become a better person. And I agree, Maria, that he also helped her. But one of the points that Evie has made and, and that we've made on this podcast is that, you know, Kate in the middle of this love triangle in which like Jack is kind of something to aspire to, like the type of man that society tells you that you should be want to be with and should be attracted to. And yet and then there's Sawyer who is like so much like her and they're more compatible and more like similar just as people. And so I love the idea that even though you know, if if they're both pieces of Kate that are kind of being pulled in two different directions, and she chooses to be better instead of like sort of wallowing in, you know, the self sabotage. Yeah, exactly. That Sawyer's kind of doing the same thing, even though it was like not really a choice for him, because she left and he was alone or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that he chose to sort of be with somebody who would make him a better person instead of yeah, like I like I said, um sort of like sitting in being who he was.
2: Yeah, and I I think it also lost did that too with Jack and Juliet cuz they, mm-hmm. you know, Sawyer and Kate are a lot alike and it didn't work. And then Jack and Juliet are a lot alike and it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. So they really went for the opposites attract thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then like they each learn something from each other in, in both ships. They sort of learn something mm-hmm. from each other and are able to, like, grow into better people. And, you know what? Like, what else can you ask for your for your ship, you know?
5: Yeah. Jack and Juliet on the Flash sideways. That yeah. you can see they don't work there also. Everyone has a different life. Oh, exactly. And they got divorced.
0: <laughs> right. That's such a good point.
5: Yeah, they got divorced, but they're still very good yeah. friends.
0: Right. Totally cordial like, and very nice.
2: Yeah, because I, I... If there's... I really... Do appreciate appreciate um, Jack and Juliet's friendship on the island, and the fact that they like kept that under flash sideways. It's, it was pretty cool. So we are not at
0: all going to mention what happens at the end of season five about Juliet. So let's yeah. move on.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, another one of the uh, topics that we picked out to talk about was the history of Dharma so we kind of uh, we talked about all of the different um, uh, stations and, <laughs> and, and we've also sort of spoken about the purge a little yeah. bit already as well
2: I think that Dharma I mean to me the Dharma initiative is one of the most interesting things about the whole show mm-hmm. I, I won't say the most interesting but to me it's just fascinating I think they could they could have done an entire spin-off based on the Dharma initiative and I would have loved it
0: yeah and the main character would be Horace <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, no, just everything from the beginning, like how it started, the founders, the experiments, even if it's just like not, maybe not a spin off, but like a mini web series thing. Sure. You know how they did the missing pieces? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that about the Dorma Initiative.
0: I feel like Alvar Hanso's name is thrown around so much in this show, but like ultimately, <laughs> I don't have any real understanding <laughs> of who Alvar Hanso is. You know what yeah, I mean? I
5: know. Yeah. You have to like read it, and they say it on the podcast on their own podcast yeah. but it's nowhere on the show like they only mention him yeah exactly. and i love how all the pieces of dharma you were getting like the videos then they related to miles and and all that everything you got from the dharma initiative even like the flame or the stuff it's, it's all mentioned later again when you when they show you the dharma initiative on the 1970s and mm. Ben's backstory on the Dharma Initiative is like amazing. I love that episode. It's uh, you get to see another perspective on young Ben and on his father and on the Dharma Initiative, and they had schools and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really it's really amazing how they introduced everything and then try to make it fit into this storyline, which is, as Mario said, like one of the best ones from the show. Right. Have you guys
2: seen that video on YouTube? I think it was released on a. Maybe on a DVD box set thing, I don't know. But it's it's called The Mysteries of the Universe, yeah. the Dharma Initiative.
5: Yeah. And have you seen it? It's on the season 5 DVD box. I I have it. Yeah, okay.
0: I I've seen all of the bonus features, so I'm sure that I have <laughs> seen it, but I don't but I don't recall much about it. It's-
2: it's like this thing it takes place in um it's a documentary and it takes place in the world of lost but from the point of view of people that are outside of the island so like normal people that don't know that the island exists
0: mm-hmm. And oh, it's oh like, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about
2: and it's people like theorizing like does a Dharma initiative exist what is this and it's like an, an entire documentary from the point of view
5: of these people like like it's like like a conspiracy yeah. theory thing Mm -hmm. i think they like interview olivia's who's the teacher on the dharma initiative like her sister or something and she's like my sister took a job and now she's gone (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. that reminds yeah. me of like the one in in season four where they do like the oceanic six a conspiracy of lies it's my favorite bonus yeah. video that anything has ever done it's like an actual conspiracy theory documentary about like why kate can't have had Aaron because or like whatever <laughs> it's so cool i love it Ugh, oh they yeah. really did that they really put in that effort oh yeah
2: shows don't do that anymore yeah
0: but I love what you said about the man behind the curtain, because like at that point, you know, we've heard so much about the Dharma Initiative and we need answers. And so you're watching the flashbacks and the man behind the curtain, like two inches away from the screen, because you're just like trying to get all the information that you possibly can get. Cause it's your like first taste of it. And so the concept of them like going back and not even just showing us a bunch of stuff in flashbacks, but like them actually going back in time to answer yeah. all our questions about the Dharma Initiative. Who does that anymore? <laughs>
5: it's amazing <laughs> there's this yeah it's they cool. wanted to do another ben-centric episode talking about annie like her story was like yeah oh, oh yeah disappeared. yeah
0: that that was that was a ball that was dropped for sure
5: <laughs> yeah and they wanted to do another like centric episode on season four but due to the i don't know what it was like the, the writers, writers strike? yeah the strike, the strike yeah. yeah they couldn't do it and like annie's character which I resemble in real life. A lot of people tell me that. (laughs) And 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 they just left her there. Like, we don't know if she died in the purge or... I'm guessing she died in the purge, right. Or if she's with the hostiles or if she just, like, left.
2: (laughs) I think that the, like,
0: if I were to guess, the only thing that, like, truly makes sense is that she died in the purge. But, like, how would Ben... If Ben knew that the purge was happening, like, why didn't he, like, warn her or something? Like, what happened right. to their relationship?
5: Yeah. I right. think maybe she left with the submarine on season five when, like, Miles and Charlotte left. Maybe she left there. Oh, sure. That's a good Okay, theory.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that makes the yeah, most sense,
0: I feel like. She's
2: definitely around in the 70s when,
5: when yeah. Sawyer and, and everyone else is there. So, like, where is she?
0: <laughs> yeah, we just don't see her. You know? Maybe the,
5: the actress outgrew the character. So they couldn't die. Like, probably. Oh, yeah. there. <laughs>
0: Next topic. One of my favorite topics of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this season, we get the introduction and downfall. Of Nikki and Paolo. (laughs) And just an incredible episode called Exposé.
2: The best episode.
0: It's a fantastic, it's like in my top 10 is how much I love Exposé. No,
2: same, same. Yeah, easy.
0: The way that I kind of try to explain it is that like, is it a great episode when you're watching like week to week? I understand why people, if you're watching week to week, would be disappointed. Because you'd be like, I'm trying to get actual answers here and you're (laughs) messing with me. <laughs> uh, and now I have to wait like a whole nother week for for anything but ultimately when you look at it like even just as a standalone episode the writing is fantastic the like it's great uh, it's it's like so suspenseful the ending is insane and like the the use of the flashbacks to try yeah. and like do a sort of like who done it mystery
2: hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has um a lot of foreshadowing to yes, uh, yes. different things like that are gonna happen later in the episode that you don't I mean you have to watch it several times to catch them, but they're yeah. there.
0: Yeah, right. We- and like the reveal, like when, when you see Nikki finally again say paralyzed, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, you get
2: chills. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, how did I not know? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Follow lies. We actually did a group watch. Yeah, that was fun. A group watch about this episode. And Maria was yeah. like shouting at us, <laughs> like, <laughs> things <laughs> about the episode and facts. And uh, I find it really amazing how they, they got to put on the flashbacks at the same timeline. And you didn't even see Nikki and Paula because they weren't there, actually, when they recorded mm-hmm. the, first, the season two or season one. But, but you see Kate, you see Shannon, you see even Boone. So well, That's fascinating, the way they re- did the whole thing, yeah. the crash. And Ethan too, which is uh, mm-hmm. which he he, he gets yeah. act, acting like creepy, but <laughs> but yeah he. Uh, They got to place them on the same moment. They they looked at all the angles the episode were recorded to add the scenes later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they did a really good job. So much, and then it's 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 sad. And I
0: just I appreciate it. And
5: then people didn't
0: appreciate it at the time.
2: (laughs) I know that's what makes me sad. Like they did so much, and then just to get like bad feedback. I don't know.
0: I feel so bad that Damon was like yeah, I meant to make Stranger in the Strangeland bad. haha. Ha, I know it's bad. haha. Ha. And then he actually tried on Exposé and people were like, this is bad. And he's like, "Ah, come on. It's a good episode.
2: It's easily, I think it's my, like out of all the episodes, the like my comfort episode from mm-hmm. the show because it's, it just, it has everything. It's fun. It's like, I mean, it's not lighthearted. People do die, but we don't care that they die. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Razzle dazzle, hello. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ha- I mean, and the death is one of the best deaths. Insane, the whole show. crazy. And then, and it's like, we can appreciate it because again, we don't care about these people. Right. <laughs> so, it's, so it's just so much fun. But you still get chills when she opens her eyes yes. at the end. Oh yeah. my gosh. It, it, I think that haunted me as a kid. Oh my God. And they
0: have no idea that they just murdered them. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just like are like, here you go. And they just like keep dumping the sand and they like pat it with the shovel at the end and they just walk away. And they
2: never know. Hurley's a murderer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a murderer. I'm gonna, I need to tweet that immediately. Okay, I'm gonna tweet that later. I mean, Hurley, didn't he, like, run over, like, Price with a van? So, like, we already know (laughs) that.
5: Yeah. Oh, that's true. But that's later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, we have our complaints about certain characters who leave and, like, don't come back and it makes no sense, which is, like, kind of too bad, you know, like, Isabel and, like, Annie and everything. But, like, even though we, you know, Miles brings up Nikki and Paolo later and, like, um... You know, yeah. even though Ethan, like, comes back a lot, we also get, like, Arst coming back here. And, like, Arst mm-hmm. comes back a lot, especially in season six and everything, I, too.
5: Don't we um, see the diamonds again? Or am I crazy. Yeah, Miles I gets think... the diamonds final- okay. on the Miles, finale. Miles. He has, like, them on yeah. his
0: hands. Yeah, because he, yeah, he, does he, like, just talk about them? Or does he actually, like, dig them up and get them? No, he, he I...
5: digs them up. And he, there's a scene that he's just watching at them, like. Oh, these are mine. Now I'm a millionaire. (laughs) Oh my god. Really? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's... Because aren't they, like,
0: scattered across their bodies? That's creepy, but yeah, he does. (laughs) They're not just in a little bag, are they? Oh my gosh, why am I not... I don't remember that at all. I think it's... Uh, Miles, what the heck?
5: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's on Dr. Linus, the episode, on the end. Oh, okay. That everyone is getting, like, their redemption, and Ben is getting, like, getting better and then you see miles with his diamond <laughs> oh
2: okay that was so funny it.
5: yes i don't know i really
2: really love this episode i think also everything about them finding out them finding everything before anyone yeah like the hatch right. the plane right the and pearl. They just, they're horrible people they just don't say anything <laughs> they keep their mind right. you ben and juliet well, yeah. uh, paolo paolo sees them he doesn't say anything right and it's icon he's like He leaves the diamonds or the
0: like little Russian nesting doll in the toilet. And then like, like episodes ago, he went to the bathroom and you were like, oh, he was just going to the bathroom. Ha ha. Classic Paolo. Oh, it's so good. It's great storytelling. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Could not appreciate it more. Truly. Well,
5: you know that it's really good. Actually, it was only going to be Nikki. the the character it was going to be about expose the show that it was going to be Mm -hmm. everything a flashback about nikki and then they were going to reveal that it was her show that she was acting there and they had to add paulo because they thought that they were only going to include female characters since they include Juliet that season so Mm -hmm. they were like okay Mm -hmm. we need to introduce a male character too so paulo was created on the road and he did a really good job and and it's a I mean, not likable because he has his attitudes that I don't really agree with, but mm-hmm. but he's a memorable character. You remember Paolo that he's a yeah. chef and that he poisons that old man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even get a last name, poor guy. <laughs> no.
5: I like
2: I I I like that they went this way with the with mm-hmm. the uh, Adam Paul, I don't know if I would have liked it as much if it was just an expose episode.
5: Yeah, yeah, I like they show the island like another point of view about the island and how it when they don't they didn't follow Jack, they found out more things and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfect.
0: Sorry, it is it was 10 perfect. out of 10. I
5: don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: so the last topic that we want to talk about is just like the concept of season three like a lot of people disliked season three a lot of people like season three um what are your guys's thoughts
2: where, where would you rank season three like is it up there i would probably
0: for me it's up there i really okay. like season three but for a different way than I like season five, my top two seasons are season three and season five. Okay. Season five, because the season arc is so good, like there are certain episodes like Le Fleur and like um, uh, Jeremy Bentham. That I'm like those are like standout episodes for me or even 316 I really like are like standout episodes. But ultimately the arc of the season is so like perfect. But for season three there are like 10 plus episodes that I can pick out of season three that I like love those. And like those are like in the top for me. And so that's why Mm -hmm. I love season three is because there are so many iconic like standalone episodes in it.
2: To me I agree season five is pretty much perfect. Yeah. Um but and season three season three used to be my favorite season mm-hmm. it was like my number one and then the more I rewatched the lower it got <laughs> I have it in like sure. my fourth place I it's like in the middle like I, I still like it very much it has things that I really enjoy but then it also has things that I, I think they fail at and I think it partially has to do with the fact that they you know this battle that they had with ABC and, and, and yeah. they, they didn't know where to go what to do and I think the first half, not the first half, but like the first six episodes, I think um, they drag a little bit, and be- because sure. of because of that, because of the the struggles that was happening, uh, off, like behind the scenes, which I understand, it's definitely
0: a little haphazard for sure.
2: Yeah. and then i don't know to me it's a a season that kind of goes up and down it has like really good moments and really bad moments and i think people and well i don't want to speak for everyone but like this happened to me when season three was my favorite it was because i i just thought of the finale Mm. like to me that's the best finale in in, in the entire show it's insane oh
0: it definitely is in my opinion as well
2: the last scene is like not only Oh, it's crazy. Like not only Charlie, like Charlie's story, but also the, we have to go back. Like that's just insane. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people think of that when they think of season three and kind of don't think of the season as a whole. I I, I feel like the timeline, not the timeline, like maybe the, how do I say this? The distribution of the episodes were kind of all over the place. Like we said at the beginning, we don't, since they have uh, on the island, they have two stories going on, right? People on Hydra and people on the main island. And they had to divide that. And sometimes, you know, we didn't see characters for a big chunk of time because Mm. of this.
0: Yeah, if I didn't know ahead of time, then, you know, you don't know for like two full episodes that like Locke and Echo and Charlie, well, we know Charlie's alive, but like Locke, Echo, and Desmond could all be dead. And how Mm. would I even?
5: You're right, exactly. With Echo, you really don't know Until, like, the ending of season, the the episode three, Locke is trying to find him. And, yeah, I I like season three. It's, like, third for me because I'm a huge fan of season four. I enjoy it a lot. I love season four as well. Yeah. That's my second. And it's like season three has these ups and downs. You have really good episodes like the finale or the man behind the curtain or even the yes. the first episode. But then you have, I don't know, Stranger in a Strangeland or other yeah. episodes yeah. that feel like they're just there. But it has iconic yeah. moments like with even on Paravion with the sequel stuff and yeah. Claire's Claire arc and the reveal. Flashes before your eyes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's my favorite episode of the whole show, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: and Trisha Tanaka, like Stranger, Stranger t- yeah. is sandwiched in between Trisha Tanaka and flashes before your eyes, and that's insane to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the graph, like the pie graph, or not the pie graph, but like the line graph of like what the <laughs> what the quality of the episodes looks like is like super high. It's like two giant mountains. See in that's what I in mean. In between. That's
2: what I yeah. mean. Yes, and I for think sure. You said something about um was it what was it? Oh, yeah. When people are watching live, like watching expose, yeah. yeah, they were pissed. And I think that happened in season three. I think that it's the same thing that happened in season six with the candidate and then yeah. having was a C right after.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, so I, for sure. I think, absolutely.
2: I think the show suffered from... No, know, like knowing where to place these episodes. Yeah, and I think if they had placed certain episodes better in season three, I I think I would have liked the order of events or like because there's that chunk. Okay, in the man from Tallahassee yeah. at the end, you have like this reveal that um Locks Dad uh, Anthony Cooper yeah. is on the island, and then we don't see them again for like five episodes. Mm. Right, so like the brig. I think. Right. Yeah, like Glockus
0: Oh right, yeah, you don't know. Show
2: up again and it's like you give me this cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then I have to wait over a month. Right? And it's- that's what
0: you get when you have like such a large ensemble show as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's it is a good season. I just I sometimes it surprises me when people say it's their favorite.
0: Sure. I love, uh, Cookie, that you love season four because I really feel like season four has slept on a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, I Like, you know, they say, oh, it's the writer's strike season, so it's not as good. And I'm like, no, that's why it's amazing. It's because it's amazing. it was the writer's strike season and they still
5: did that. No, it, I think season four is, like, so amazing. You have The Constant, which is just, like, my favorite mm-hmm. episode of all time. And mm-hmm. the finale is... I love the finale. Oh, the music, wow. everything, it's perfect. Yeah, You have really solid
2: episodes in season yeah.
5: four, there's the shape of things to come.
0: Oh my god! Cabin
5: fever, and the one um, about Jin and Sun Jiayin. Ji mm-hmm. I, I never know. who. Oh yes, yeah, Jiayin, yeah. And the blood twist you have on season four, and and I I really like it.
0: And we get to meet the freighter people. Yeah, mm-hmm. the science team. Ugh.
5: I think
2: also season four takes place in like two weeks, like on, on the show. Yes, it's
0: exactly right. Like each each uh, season before that took like a month each.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid season. I think the weakest episode, for, well, for me, the weak, and I hate saying it, but the weakest episode for me is the other woman. I oh, think. yes. Oh, I, sure. They said Juliet-centric, which, you know, I love her to death, but I, that episode was a bit weak. But other than that, it's a very solid ep- season.
0: It- I love how uh, Damon and Carlton were like, so before we start this finale, we tried to split up the oceanic 6 to all across the island so that you're like how the heck mm-hmm. do these people get back together and then they do
5: it yeah yeah it's yeah <laughs> it's amazing it's really- i think this episode the the season 4 finale marks the the arc of of Sawyer like when he mm. he saves Aaron he carries him all around the yeah. jungle and, and then he jumps yeah and then he wants to to go and look for Hugo because he know he's in danger because they were going to kill Ben, and he was with Ben. So his first reaction is like, we have to go and get Hugo. And Jack is like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's true. <laughs> you don't get to die alone, he even says to Jack when he's like, yeah. Yeah. bleeding.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. You're right. And then he jumps out of the helicopter. Helicopter.
2: Yeah. Oh, Sawyer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's so good. Like, you have no idea when you watch season one, you're like, this guy's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's but He's it's like off. no, no, no. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. I promise. He
2: really, ha- his and Jin's development have to. Yeah, they have to be. The
0: I was gonna say Jin as well. Yeah, and I totally ben. agree. And Ben. Oh, and
2: yeah. Ben. Yeah. Ben yeah.
0: on season six, he really grows.
2: Hmm. I was gonna mention Ben when you mentioned Dr. Linus. That's an amazing episode for him.
0: And I do have to give like some sort of honorable mention to the character arc of Jack himself.
5: Oh yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Also Shannon, she has like a bit of arc. She didn't get the chance to develop, but yeah. yeah. God, I love
2: Shannon. I do love, and I talked about this when I was on the, on her episode on Abandoned for this podcast. And I just, she would have been so amazing if they had kept her the entire show. I wish they had. The entire show. Yeah. yeah, I stand by that.
5: But yeah. I can see why they killed her off at that time. Like they wanted to show like the, how conflict was going to be made between Ana Lucia and the,
4: Mm-hmm. middle section yeah. survivors
5: yeah. Uh, I just hate it was her but I see why yeah, I see. her death wasn't pointless
2: <laughs> yeah no it wasn't pointless at, at least like there are deaths well I don't know if there's a death that has been pointless Libby maybe oh Libby
5: oh sure yeah, yeah I I'd Libby, let that slide because with Anna you could already like see what Michael's <laughs> point was but then he didn't have to take I mean, Libby to Libby was only shock value for sure
2: that still confuses me. Like the the whole thing was, was was it actually something that happened on set, like behind the scenes. Like I why?
0: I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Because I know that Michelle Rodriguez she had it in her contract. Like she it was just yeah. one season and Anna was out. But yeah. I have I don't understand what happened, to Libby. I really
5: don't. there was like this problem that M- Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia Watros they were arrested and people Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, people really complained. But they also promised to give Libby an a storyline after, like, when she died. I don't know if it was Damon or Carlton. They said we're going to see more of Libby, and we only saw her on one scene at the end. Yeah, we're talking with Desmond, and that was it. Oh, well, we saw her in well, we saw
2: her in the Flash sideways, but that didn't.
0: Yes, and she was also like a nightmare of Michael's and meet Kevin Johnson, yeah. who, which is also a fantastic episode in season four. Yes, it is.
2: Yeah. How mm-hmm. mm-hmm. did they so manage? Bring uh, Michael back It's a character that people, you know, d- at the time didn't really like. I don't think. Yeah. And then, then they made this amazing episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then they said, "Hey, Friendly's gay," and I was like, "Okay."
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. That was, that was the actor's choice, too.
0: Yeah. Finally, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> there are no gays at all.
2: Yeah, that's. I uh, think that's...
0: there's a lot of subtext in a lot of different places. I must. Say, but yeah, that was wait. the only one that was textual other than like hurley's brother's wife Sister, or is
5: it yeah i when you check the episode ratings for season three you get like really high scores on episodes and then like really low which is the same thing we were talking about earlier that you have mm-hmm. these really high points and i think my favorite thing of season three is the killer and Jack reveal that they are brothers or half siblings. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's
0: next episode. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think
5: that's the best thing about season three. Like you are starting to see how they were really connected. You get a lot of, a lot of connections in that season. Like Charlie meeting Nadia too.
0: Yeah. Saving Nadia.
5: So yeah, that's one. Yeah. Isn't it in season? Which season is it that we see Locke and Nadia?
2: I think it's.
0: I think it was last season
2: yeah a season two
0: yeah it was it was him
5: and helen yeah but there's there's still connections
2: yeah yeah i think now that you bring up the the i am the ratings i found it really interesting that they had the not to be negative but my my i think like i said my the season that i would like rank my like my least not that i don't like it but it, i would put it last is season two mm-hmm.
0: yeah i
5: agree yeah I'm but
2: sure. it's the highest rated season mm-hmm. in imbd and i'm like okay that's a
5: choice mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I think season two went for too long with the same topics that didn't happen oh, yeah. on season four and five. That they just moved really quickly every topic, and on season two you got you got like stuck on a topic for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think season two is the only season that has a lull. Yeah, it's like a, a what a, a lull, like a three or four episode lull where you're like, oh, all right, can we do something here? <laughs> What's going yeah, on? Yeah, they dr-
2: as as much as I like the hatch. They drag that story a lot, like, they drag. But it is, I think it is one of the best things about the the season.
0: But as soon as Ben comes in, they're like, we're running. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're back, so. Yeah, I don't know, this is
2: not the season two round table, so I'm not gonna (laughs) talk about
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. What are your (laughs) guys' like, thoughts on, like, for me, my bottom two are two and six, and I don't know which one's which. So what makes six better than two
2: for you? For me, it's the flash sideways. Mm-hmm. To me, that saves season six.
0: Yeah, because I don't. I don't know how much I care for like any, hardly any of the art island storyline until we get to the finale of uh, season six. To be honest.
2: Yeah, the finale and the flash sideways to me is. I just love to flash sideways a lot. Me too. There's so much you could
0: do with that. I am still waiting for somebody to write a fan fiction mm-hmm. about <laughs> Sawyer and Miles buddy cop story. <laughs> no. Where is it? I
2: want it, please. I remember you once told me to make an edit of them and yes. I haven't forgotten. I have that was like years ago. I still remember I will do it. Thank you for not forgetting.
5: I think there's I one on Instagram. There. Um is there Well send yeah, it I to there's me can find send it, it. Send it, send it. Yeah, if I if I find it, I'll send you. I I also love the flash sideways, but the last ten episodes of season six, like starting when this one starts to see both storylines, I think. Oh sure, yeah. Those episodes are amazing. You have like Hurley and Livy too again, yeah, and the episode what they died for is amazing and yeah, the the closure and how jacob tells them you were all flawed and you were all like me I, I think that that episode means so much to the characters arcs and everything also ben's development i think it's on sticks yeah dr linus Wow! incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even
2: think season six is that bad. Like, the only thing that I, it's the temple stuff, mm. the oh, Said stuff. It's the temple stuff. It's Said.
0: Like, Claire. you're co- totally right. It's the temple stuff. Crazy Claire. <laughs> Dogen and Lennon, like, get those guys out of here. Who are you? I and know. they ruined
2: Saeed And then also, oh my, I never, I can never remember their names. Mm-hmm. And then Cookie, you're always asking for them in the, in the dynamic <laughs> yeah. game.
5: I don't remember these people. <laughs> so like Dojen was like only there for like six episodes. Yeah. And they tried to make him important, but then they forgot about him. They killed him off and yeah. he was like, eh, gone.
0: Right, and they kept being like, he's trying to poison you. He's not trying to poison you. He's trying to poison you. He's, who's he trying to kill? Why is he trying to kill them? I'm like, oh, I'm finished <laughs> with this.
5: <laughs> yeah, I and- I think like Claire crazy Claire that thing. yeah it, it really bothers me that they did that to Claire but I love that she's alive <laughs> and right, it's crazy she's gone
0: for all of season five
5: yeah and and she was like introduced in such an amazing way because you think oh my god maybe it's like Rousseau it's like mm-hmm. can she be yes. there or maybe it's or you think maybe Rose and Bernard or something and then no it's just Claire with her baby rock <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do like the parallel of Clara and Rizzo she, yeah. like she mm-hmm. basically Rizzo like they took her baby she went crazy all that I don't know but I as I, I, I understand what you're saying but also it gave her it was interesting like it gave her something to do yeah. with her yeah. story
0: instead of just be like I'm worried about my baby like she always my says. baby
2: right I mean she was still looking like she was still like they had she had the fake baby yeah. but you know yeah, yeah but um also Jack's story is amazing in season yes, 6. Yes,
0: you're right, yes. yeah. For sure. Lighthouse, I don't know, I think, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. There are good things about season 6 and this one, I think it's the best for England. Yeah. Like, yeah. the flash sideways, is this one. And
0: I love that Kate, I love that the reason why Kate came back at all was just to find Claire. Claire, yeah. yes. Yeah, and that it wasn't about Jack, it wasn't about Sawyer, it was about Claire. And, that, and, then, Absolutely. and then in the finale, the way that Kate and Claire remember is for each, each, each other. Hello? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's, I know, <laughs> I know! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, season two, if I think that season two is the worst season of Lost, that means it's still better than any other season of any other show to me. You know? That's true. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, like we said, it has. It introduces Ben. It it introduces the tailies, which I do love the tailies. I, I mean, my favorite episode of the, of the season is The Other 48
5: Days. Agree. I, I think I, it's I love my it. quality. So, yeah, I did like a ranking like people had to vote for their favorite lost episode and the other 48 days. Maria voted it, like so many times. And it was like, <laughs> what is this episode doing here? <laughs> one. Yeah, it's- yeah, that was all me.
0: Like some of those some of those ones that are just kind of like one off things are so good because they're so different. Like other 48 days and expose. Like they're just they're just different. And that's why they're fun. That's why you like them. But I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Or joining me, I guess. Uh, again, it, it was so much fun to talk to you guys. It's always so much fun.
5: Yeah, thank you so much for, for having us. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. And we, we had a really nice time. Well, at least me. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. <laughs>
0: um, so if you guys want to follow them, their information is going to be in the description. So that's Juliet's Burke, Sons Quan, and me, um, Eloise Hawkins. <laughs> 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 eloise, is, eloise is talking um, there's also
5: dance faraday too on the fandom <laughs>
0: dance faraday yes and then you can follow me yes at Eloise's hawking <laughs> Uh, you can also follow all of us at The Afficionados for all of the information on all of our other podcasts. Go and check them out. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash The Um, And I think that's it.
2: We did it. We did it.
0: Yay! Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
4: Skeletor seems to like it. Bottoms
0: up. Thank you so much for listening to our spoiler sections. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community of Lostpedia, of course. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming to you every Friday in October. While you're waiting for season four, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The Hundred, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and we're going back to do seasons one to three. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have coverage of all six seasons so far. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We have coverage of the first three seasons, and season four is coming in 2023. You can follow at the Aficionados all over the place. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. You can follow Brittany on Twitter at Britannia with an underscore at the end. All of our guests' socials will be included in the description. And if you like what we do here, please consider donating at our Patreon, patreon.com slash The We appreciate you guys all so much. Okay, love you. Bye!